When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. This is the Coach Katrina Merriweather Podcast, sponsored by Simmons Bank, the official sponsor of Memphis Tigers Women's Athletics, with your host, the voice of Memphis women's basketball, Tyler Springs. We're sitting down with the head coach of the Memphis Tigers Women's Basketball Program. Katrina Merriweather joins us now. This is the Katrina Merriweather Podcast, and the Tigers are off to a great start. They are now 13-6 and on the year, having scored back-to-back home conference victories for the first time since before the pandemic against Temple and Cincinnati. It's only two years, but it sounds better when you say for the first time since before the pandemic. Congratulations on that pair of back-to-back home wins, Coach. We'll take them individually. You go into that Temple game, which you knew was going to be very hard coming off of a Tulsa loss uh, in the previous week, and Temple gave you pretty much all you could handle. But what was interesting about that game was your team started from behind early, and you really battled back to get control of the game, and it still came down to the wire. What was your takeaway from that Saturday victory? Well, I think what we continue to do is figure out ways to start better. We've changed ends in practice. We have uh, done different drills in the beginning, and sometimes it's just a matter of having a different opponent. You know, just because you don't start well against one doesn't mean you won't against the other, and we're doing everything we can to have a a better start. But uh, the takeaway is just us growing in our toughness. Now, our ability to, to weather the storm, to overcome obstacles that oftentimes we create ourselves. Um, and I just, our resiliency, you know, and I think that that's what this year is bringing, whether it's the pandemic or interrupted travel plans or anything else. Like, we just have to be able to adjust and adapt to whatever comes our way. 
You go to that Cincinnati game, it's against your alma mater. It's on a Wednesday night where you're celebrating National Girls and Women in Sports Day, so it's a great crowd on hand, and a lot of fellow athletic teams, the University of Memphis and others, coming out to support you. You win that game after getting the fast start that you talked about improving upon, and then Cincinnati gets back into the game. But down the stretch, it seemed like you guys had control of that game, and largely I think it was because of your defense. But what did you see that made the most difference? Absolutely. I, I think that our rebounding was better. I mean, we talk about Temple, and we obviously got rebounded, out-rebounded significantly. Um, and again, I don't know that that's our effort. I just think that Temple's a really good rebounding team. Um, so when we get to Cincinnati, and we know that they've got all these capable players in every position, Right, they've got this really good point guard. They've got a presence in the post. You know, they've got a, a two guard that's making shots with the quickest release that we've seen. You know, and, and we it was a recipe that if we did not show up defensively, it was going to be a struggle. So for us to get a, a great start offensively, I think is what really helped us. And then that way we were able to uh, to counter some of their runs that they have once uh, they obviously got a little more comfortable. So it was just another effort for for us. We believe it was the best effort collectively of the season so far. You go back to that Temple game for a moment. We talked previously on this podcast about what are the things that if they're watching an NBA game, you'd like your players to take from that. And you said basically pace, really getting the ball sped up, and also making an extra pass. And I thought the passing in that Temple game was so fluid, maybe the most fluid of our season. There's that one play in particular where Griggs has it beyond the three-point line. She'll throw it down low for Elena Davis. Elena passes up a hook shot. She throws it to Maya for a, for a baseline cut. Maya passes up the baseline cut. It gets to Ty Jones in the corner, yes. and finally, bang goes the three. <laughs> that is maybe how you draw it up, or maybe are you just encouraging, look, look for the extra pass. Look for, look for your teammate cutting. See who's got a better look than you, because I think people might have said, hey, if Maya Stovall's got pretty much an unguarded cut to the basket, let her lay it up and in. But she makes the decision to say, no, I'm going to throw it to Ty Jones in the corner and see if I can get my teammate a better look. How much of that is them knowing what you expect and how much of it is them just making a play on their own? I think it's a combination of both because we've had these, these talks about early in the season when there's no scouting. And you've only played a few games, and so it's a lot easier for your players to get off individually. And then people start to scout you. They know that Jamira likes to drive it left. They know all these different quirks that Imani loves to drive it right. So then it becomes a little tougher to make these individual one-on-one plays. So now we're in a space where it's like, hey, you've done your job whenever you can get two people guarding you whether they collapse because you're driving it or because we give it into the post and they collapse on them, we can get some inside out, whether it's from a drive or a post feed. Well, now we've got some movement. And that play that you're talking about in particular is so good to have Ty Jones back because she was obviously out through COVID protocol. She comes in practice and she's making shots. And I think that that gave her teammates some confidence too in her and she has it in herself. So you just see them trusting each other a little more and not feeling like everybody has to take the first open shot we get. And we tell them sometimes you're open for a reason. Sometimes that's the team's plan is to to leave you open for you to shoot because they would rather you shoot it than your teammate. Well, let's not fall into that and make sure we get the ball to who we want to get it to for the best possible shot for them. You talk about Ty coming back and how important that is just to have an extra capable body in the rotation. You also – tried to work Hannah Riddick back into the rotation as well against Cincinnati. She'd missed four games prior to that. Lynetta Williams had a pretty good game against Cincinnati. She cleaned up on the boards. I think almost came away with a near double-double. I think it was eight points and nine rebounds in that contest. But talk about just what it means to have Lynetta playing at that level, but also 
what it's like to try and work Hannah back in there when you know her depth is important to the rotation, but it doesn't just go like a plug-and-play piece right back in. I think it's really – the playing time is really hard, right, because it, there's no algorithm for that. And, and I think it's tough as a player. I mean, I remember being there. You know, I remember being a freshman and, and saying, well, these upperclassmen are making mistakes. Why don't I get to make one? Or coming off the bench and saying, well, I just did the same thing the starter did. And I think it's just growth and maturity. And we do what I feel like a great job as a staff, having a lot of meetings and conversations about roles and where, where people fit. And the reality is, is that Ty Jones, I trust her. You know, she has been here for a couple of years. She's a fourth-year player. And I think that it's important that she knows that defensively, I think that she can guard anybody. And you saw that when she was guarding Davis in the majority of the game against Temple. Um, and I would put her on a four-player. I'd put her on a point guard. It doesn't matter. And then when you have Hannah, who has such tremendous talent, and this is why you see in coaches have all this trouble with lineups. Who do you start? Who do you play? Where's your rotation? Well, if you're the type of person that wants to reward people for working really hard, which is Hannah Riddick, right, because she's active, she gets her hands on rebounds, uh, even when she doesn't get them, uh, she does a good job of keeping people in front. And unfortunately, getting her worked in at Cincinnati means that she's guarding Jillian Hayes. Right. Okay, well. <laughs> Who's much bigger. <laughs> Similarly long, I think, but but much more built. And she's had a year of college weight room under her belt. Absolutely. And so then that's when you turn to Lynetta and you say, hey, step up and be the player that you can be. And she answered that call against Cincinnati. And I think that was huge for us because she's – have moments of being inconsistent and again she's kind of an in, it keeps injury bugs and and we affectionately tell her she's a bubble baby i just want to wrap her up in and <laughs> bubble wrap before she goes outside or, or even when we practice um but her intentions are good she wants to be a great teammate she wants to help her team she wants to be good individually and when she plays like she did it allows hannah to have a few minutes here and there and we can get her more and more experience you know as the season goes on um, so I think all of that really relies on Lynetta, and I'm thankful again for the likes of, of a Ty Jones, where she's so versatile, you can do so many different things with her. More with Coach coming up. This is the Katrina Merriweather Podcast. We're back on the Katrina Merriweather Podcast, talking with the head coach of the Memphis Tigers women's basketball program. One of the things about winning is it gives people outside of the program hope or more confidence. And I think you're starting to see that where a program that's been down for a little while now being supported better. And it's, it's a little bit based on the results, and you have a lot to do with that. What's it been like to deal with the hoopla of growing the success of this program and people getting excited about it? Because there's a little more that you have to respond to or choose maybe and sometimes not to respond to um, <laughs> because that might you know, cloud whatever the plan is for what's next. Well, I think it's twofold. Um, my personality, in which a lot of people may be surprised to find out, I'm an introvert. So a lot of the recruiting and talking that I do, I literally just want to take a nap afterwards. You know, and, and those things drain me and exhaust me. And, and it's why it's important that I have a support system that rejuvenates me, you know, start with my staff and like my family and friends and things. But I wouldn't change it for these young women because it's so awesome for them. And all the years where women's basketball has fought to have exposure and attention and for people to invest, not just money, but their time and their energy to come out to games. So when you see other sports teams, 
you know, and our soccer team is is showing off their NCAA rings and how awesome is that to see those pictures on National Girl and Women's Sport Day, uh, us having a panel and then those people going to the panel and then showing up to the game. You got Coach Hardaway. Uh, you got legend William Bedford, who I affectionately call my Uncle Bill. Uh, Ron Fitch is in the building. Like, you have all these people, like you said, that are taking an interest. A week ago, Coach Silverfield was here. Our administrators are always here. And I think it, it says so much to these young women that they're worth it, that all the hard work and effort that they put into preparing to play this game and represent the university, represent the city. Now all these people are, are coming and watching them, and it means everything. And I wouldn't change it for the world for them because we want them to have a better experience than we had in regards to people supporting them and being in the stands. You've got a tough upcoming slate taking on UCF, the best team in the league, on the road, uh, and then you'll play at home against Tulane. Uh, coming back on the following Thursday, a Tulane team against whom you shot the lights out the first time. Let's break down UCF first. There are very few teams in the country, and by very few I mean there's one team in the country that scores less than 60 points per game and has 15 wins in the year, and it's UCF. How do they do what they do? Why are they so dangerous? They are so active. I mean, and what Katie has done over there in regards to having a system and recruiting to that system where they, like you say, smother you defensively. Uh, they play with a lot of intensity. Uh, they're really, really aggressive. Like you, you just have to know that it is a battle, no pun intended, you know, with Diamond there. But um, she, she's a really tough player, but she's not the only one. You know, and then people say, well, you know, you just got to stop the post players. Well, I don't agree with that. I think they've got perimeters that can make shots and make plays. And so then you, you got to figure out, you got to pick your poison. You know, what are you going to do? Because what you can't do is give up threes and twos and foul them and put them on the free throw line because at that point you got no chance. But I think you have to go in with a lot of confidence. You have to be prepared to take care of the ball. Again, very di difficult to duplicate that in practice. Uh, what they work on every day for, for nine months right? Uh, and we got two days uh, given the, the snow day where we didn't and couldn't do anything yesterday so um, you know but we're, we're walking into this no excuses knowing how tough it's going to be and doing everything we can to prepare and rise to that challenge of, of figuring out how to get to 65 you know, and we do. We got to figure out how to get to 65. And then if we can keep them at 60, then obviously the game will be in our favor. So um, that's the plan is we got to shoot the ball. We got to get buckets. And then we have to sit down and, and guard them and follow the plan. Do you have some acceptance for a couple of turnovers here and there because it's so different? Um, I would never say that out loud to our team. We can clip this later. We can clip it later. Okay, good. Uh, no, but, but seriously, I think that we've done a much better job. And what we're doing is we're having uh, Mikhail, our video coordinators, breaking down our turnovers so we can see how many are actually passing turnovers versus shot clock violations and travels, et cetera, et cetera. Because uh, I do believe that our passing turnovers have gotten much better. Uh, but there's just some things we are traveling a little more like there's just some stuff and that's what you don't want you don't want central florida to speed you up to where now your footwork is off and, and we can't get a shot up because we're traveling or um you know not getting a shot at the rim so you know we're, we're gonna keep it up and and 12 is still the goal no matter what they don't get 15 just because it's central florida uh because we don't want to be playing a bunch of basketball in transition when you look at tulane 
You guys played, I think, pretty well against them the first time. Talking to some of the kids, they felt like that Tulane game was one of the games where it looked like, or at least it felt like at the time, the team was most together and like really tried. And maybe that's just the confidence of having a lot of shots go in. But what would you change or maybe what do you just expect from them second time around? Yeah, I think that they're going to start off a lot better. You know, I think that we have done exactly what we set out to do and what these young women have set out to do, and that is earn people's respect. You know, so I, I think that people are going to try at a different level because they know that now if you underestimate us or you assume that we're not going to show up, then there's a chance that we could, you know, jump out to really quick starts and, and have a chance to compete and, and beat you. Um, so I anticipate that they're going to, to start the game a lot better uh, than they did when we went to their place. And we're going to do everything we can to counter that. And I think we'll have a, a different plan defensively um, because they shot the ball really well too. And not to mention we'll have to be smarter foul-wise because at one point those fouls were 10 to 2 and we hadn't shot a free throw in the first half. So we'll do everything we can to make sure that that's different by attacking and being aggressive and um, defending without fouling. Last thing for head coach Katrina Merriweather of the Memphis Tigers women's basketball team. You mentioned the interruption that you had yesterday because school was closed based on the ice storm that came into Memphis. You know, the Memphis Tigers men's team had to cancel their game at Cincinnati because there was so much ice up there. When you're dealing with upheaval like that, I think a lot of people look at it and say, oh, we just came off a good win. You know, you <laughs> want to keep the momentum going. Yeah. And it, it just seems like, you know, there have been a couple of times this year where, you know, your plane gets delayed overnight in New Orleans, right? Or you get, you know, hit with a, a, an ice storm the day after a game you're supposed to practice. How do you deal with an upheaval like that? Is it like a, hey, as, as soon as adversity like this hits, it's out of our control, we're going to shift to like a standard operating procedure for like the, the events leading up to the, the next 36 hours? Or is it sort of like a, a feel it event by event kind of thing? I think you have to go with how you feel. You know, I think that we could have done some things yesterday, like if we were kind of pushed it and forced it a little, whether it had been watch film or get them on Zoom calls. And sometimes it's just good to, to take a hint and maybe we need it that day, you know, where you've got a, a couple of them that are feeling it. You know, it's getting late in the season. You've got Jamira, who, again, this is her first full season back in a couple of years. You know, so a lot of the time I, I don't get worked up about things, you know, that I can't control. Um, I mean, I live, do my best, I should say, to live by the serenity prayer, you know, and not to mention having an AAU background helps a lot. <laughs> of course, because you get used to to the unpredictable, you know, even from who's going to be on your team some days. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I just think that we've just got to have a feel for it, pay attention to our players, listen to them uh, when they tell us that they, they want to shoot or they want to take a break or, you know, I feel like this and relying on our support staff. You know, Meredith does a great job, you know, as our trainer and making sure that they're taken care of and taking care of themselves and. You know, we don't get too high with highs or low with lows around here. We try to keep it as even kill as possible. That's head coach Katrina Merriweather of the Memphis Tigers. Up next, senior guard Ty Jones on Space Jam, guard play, and more. It's the Katrina Merriweather Podcast. We're sitting down with senior guard Ty Jones on the Katrina Merriweather Podcast. This is Memphis women's basketball. They are midway through their conference season and so far doing a decent job coming off of a couple of big wins. What, what, what to you so far has been the best game that you feel like the game you guys played the best? Maybe it was a loss. Um, I think the Tulane game, we end up losing right. at Tulane. But I had COVID, obviously, so right. I was watching on TV. 
but I feel like that's the game that we f were the most together. And even though we lost, like I could tell that they knew what we were doing. Like I knew what we were doing just watching it on TV. So I, I think as a whole, as a team, I think that's the best game we've played. And that goes beyond just the shots falling. You felt like it right. just, just mechanically it was working. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Um, what do you see when you when you're judging that from afar? Because I know that's an <laughs> interesting place to be in. Yeah. Um, you know when you're when uh, we're glad you're back by the way. Right. Um, <laughs> and maybe I'll, I'll ask you about that in a moment. But but when you when you get the chance, you know, a lot of times you guys will get the chance where you'll be out with a you know a, a sprained ankle or whatever it is that'll keep you out for a game or two, and you get to watch something from the bench. Mm -hmm. But you're watching from afar in that case, yeah. uh, and you're watching in real time. It's not like you're watching a film cut up. But right. what, what's it like for you in that moment, and how do you judge what you're seeing in, in terms of whether it's going well, it's not going? well um, me watching on tv you can tell like guard from a guard viewpoint the ball needs to be moved more sometimes it gets stagnant and you're like god like if they were moving a little bit faster like we could have had a better shot or a better angle to put it in the post like that viewpoint right there is big yeah. because if we can just get like a little bit more movement outside or uh hard hard drive from the outside like it opens up a lot and we don't really realize it out there playing like we're trying to slow down everything a little bit but she'd be like coach trina she'd be like um push it faster move faster pace they always preach to us pace 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 right and like i don't think we really notice it when we're out there but me watching it on tv i'm like oh like i get what they're saying like pace it needs to be faster because Usually when we come up the court and we slow it down, it gives their defense time to set up. So then we don't really have our offense that we want to have because we don't use the pace, as they say. So I, I understand where they're coming from. Are you an NBA fan? Yes. Do you have an NBA team that you stick with? The Lakers. Okay. <laughs> the Lakers. I'm a LeBron fan. Though. Okay. So So were you with go? the Lakers before LeBron? No. no. Okay. I oh. was not. I was with Cleveland, okay. and then I was with the Heat, and then... <laughs> You're loyal. That's yeah. good. That's good. You 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 bounced. Now, have you seen the new Space Jam movie? Yes. Okay. Were you? Did you see the old Space Jam movie? Yes. Okay. Did seeing the second one change the first one at all for you? How do you how do you put those two together? I like the original. I do too. I like the original. God bless you. Because <laughs> I, I I just thought you know they, they, it was such a good thing the first time it was cheesy obviously but like yeah. people got behind it and then this one I feel like they had to make all these different i didn't even see it so i'm not gonna come uh, let me okay. let you let me let you i'll let you go i'm gonna let you go <laughs> i think this space jam they had to interpret a lot of modern things like right technology and gaming and all of that so i don't know i i liked it i can't say i didn't like it i think lebron could be a better actor Ooh. but I don't know. Original is where I'm at. I'm with that. I, I think that's it's more kid friendly too. Um, yeah. And I and I think this one in some ways was was made more for the adults, um, yeah. which is not the worst thing. But I'm glad we okay. can agree on that. Yeah. Okay. How much has just the experience of going it through it together, but also the maturity helped on this team? And and you know having just people in the locker room who have seen a lot of different situations mm -hmm. not that they've always handled them well i mean yeah. look you know at different points <laughs> in our careers we don't always handle these things well right Agreed. but we got we got to go through them sometimes to learn but what do you like about this team's maturity and, and maybe where does it still need to go um i feel like this year we're more if something happens we can move past it last year we really didn't move past a lot of things because I guess we could say we didn't really care to. But I feel like now now that we have 
well they're trying to create this new culture where like it's more positive trying to block out all the negativity negative if you have negative people it's like try to lift them up to be better so it's that's the difference like you got to be positive it's more positive school wise mm -hmm. you're going into your in your final semester is that right and that is correct all right and you're on pace to graduate with a degree in may all right and this and in a like a particular concentration Criminal justice. Criminal justice. Criminal justice. Congratulations. Thank you. I don't want. I'm not going to jump. Jump the. <laughs> I'm not going to jump the gun on that. But I, I will give you a uh, a preemptive cr congratulations on that. Um, do you have an idea of what's next for you uh, beyond college hoops? I will be pursuing a job in like um, DHS detective, um, child protective services, and all that. Wow. How long have you known that that was, that was maybe going to be your direction? <laughs> About a month. Okay. Hey, you know, so it, it, listen, it comes to us all at, yeah. at different stages, man. Um, I didn't want to be in school for an extra eight years for forensic science. So I'm like, eh, eh. <laughs> that would, yeah, that would, that would take some time. Would, do you think you will stay somewhere in, in the Mid-South area? I know you're, you're from Mississippi right. um, and you've been, you know, you've been here for a couple of years, but mm -hmm. are you, you thinking you'd stay in this part of the country? You go somewhere else, depending on what they tell you? I think I would go where my where my job would be. Obviously, um, I want to explore. I, that's one of my hobbies. I like to travel, so I think that if I had the opportunity, I would go elsewhere. But right now, crime is rising in the south, mm. so this might be where I have to stay for a little bit. Where would you go if you had your choice? Or I'll say this: Where's the place that you've been that you've enjoyed the most? Just sort of seeing. Mm, definitely Colorado. It's cold up there, but it's nice. You've been there summer, winter. Um, actually, summer. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful in summertime. Typically. It is. Yeah. It is. Very it's cool. a little chilly, but you know they got the little sunshine. But it's not hot. But you know. <laughs> is there a place on your your travel bucket list to, like that you really want to visit next couple of years? Hawaii. Mm. That's on a lot of people's lists. Yeah, I have family up there. Oh wow. And I actually want to visit. Okay. I do. Hey, I mean, if you got family, that's a good excuse. It is. It's a long way to go, though. I just it figured is. that out. <laughs> I looked at the flights there one day, and I was like, oh, this is a long time. further than I thought it was. <laughs> That's exactly right. Ty Jones, we appreciate it. We'll be talking to you down the road. That was today's Coach Katrina Merriweather podcast, sponsored by Simmons Bank, the official sponsor of Memphis Tigers Women's Athletics.